morning and welcome again to our parking lot service and those of you who are watching at home online. My name is Craig Thompson. I'm the senior pastor here at Malvern Hill Baptist Church and it is our joy and privilege to have you with us on what has uh, turned into another very beautiful Sunday morning. We started off a little chilly this morning, but I may actually have to come out of this vest before we get too far into this as the weather warms up for us. But uh, we are so glad that you're able to be with us, whether you're here with us in person or online. Uh, next Sunday morning, we are planning to do something just a little bit different as we sort of work into a, a phased reopening. Uh, and that means next Sunday, we're going to continue to be outdoors and for the foreseeable future, but we are going to invite you, if you'd like, next Sunday to bring chairs or a blanket and to uh, gather either on the, the lawn here or in the parking lot areas. We're going to ask you to maintain that distancing, but uh, we are going to try our best to see if we can accomplish that, if the weather will cooperate with us. You will be receiving an, uh, a questionnaire in your inbox either this afternoon or tomorrow. I sent it last week. And it bounced back, and I didn't know that until this morning when I logged in to try and view your responses, and none of you had responded to my survey. I realized that none of you had received my survey. But you will be getting a survey in your inbox this afternoon or tomorrow so that we can hear from you and you can help us as we make decisions moving forward for what a sort of a phased reopening of our church. I don't really like to use the word reopening. I think I labeled it that, but we're open for business. We've not closed, but sort of a phased reopening of our sanctuary as we try and figure out exactly what the next steps will be when we will move indoors and have an indoor worship service and things like that. But so far, this has been good for us, and I'm glad of that. I appreciate all of your commitment, all of your attendance. So many of you have been so faithful already. God, of course, has been gracious to give us just incredible weather. What a privilege it's been to be in South Carolina during this as opposed to somewhere else. We've been able to enjoy so much sunshine and such an incredible spring uh, season. Maybe, maybe as good of a spring as we've ever known. We even got the privilege of 40-degree weather the last couple of mornings in May. This is unheard of, and so that's been what we've been able to enjoy. But uh, that's kind of where we are. If those of you who have questions or, or, or concerns about exactly what we will be doing, beginning next Sunday, we're going to try sort of a tailgate. Well, I guess we're sort of tailgating, but we're gonna, I, we'll call it a picnic or a long. We'll call it whatever you want to call it. But what we're going to do is invite you to bring chairs, blankets, and kind of gather um, a little closer to the, uh, the stage area here as we continue to be outside we're going to prioritize these outdoor services for a little while because by doing so, we make sure that we give opportunity for those of you who are the most vulnerable among us to still participate without staying at home. So if you're not comfortable bringing a chair or a blanket and sitting uh, six or eight feet away from somebody, just know that you can come and park your vehicle and you can continue to do what you've been doing for the last several weeks. We want to do all we can to uh, make it possible for everybody who would desire to join with us in person, to worship together. Uh, for, for further information about what our phased reopening is going to look like, just know that um, you can uh, uh, look at our, our church newsletter that came out this week. It's also posted to our website, and that gives you an idea about sort of the, the next several phases of reopening of our church. We're, we're sort of in phase one. Uh, from here, at some point, we will move to an indoor worship service without any... Um, without life groups or children's ministry. And then at some point, we, we will return to normal. We don't know when that will be, 
but uh, we do have a confidence that it will be. So those are the plans moving forward. Today we do have one other unique opportunity for those of you that are in the parking lot. If you would like, you can listen over your, uh, your car radio. I think that the station there is 89.1. Somebody? 87.9. 87.9, if you would like to try that. We believe that that is a little bit better than it was last week. Okay, those are announcements that we have. Uh, I do want to encourage you to continue. The other thing about where we are today is, is we feel comfortable based on where our governor has, has given us uh, a suggestion. We feel comfortable really urging you as life groups to, uh, to really reemerge, uh, find ways to communicate with one another, whether that be via, uh, via Zoom uh, chats or conference calls. Some of you might be able to find a way to do some uh, social distancing picnics. If you would like to do that, maybe you can gather in outdoors and, and have some time, just some FaceTime with one another. Uh, we are going to, uh, in the next several weeks, especially to our senior adults, we're going to open up opportunities where if they would like to come here and have uh, some face time in the building that we can expand some chairs, whether that be in our gym or in our sanctuary where they could come and uh, some of our, 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 uh, our senior adult life groups could come and have some, some distance between them but still be able to have some face time. Those of you that are not senior adults, we're just trusting you to figure that out on your own. you got technology and everything else, but we want to make sure that we offer specific and, and particular opportunities for our seniors. All right. Having said all of that, let's get to God's Word this morning. We're in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. Hebrews, chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And we're going to read the first four verses of Hebrews, chapter 2. Now, if you have a hard time finding Hebrews, it might be easier for if you turn all the way to the end of your Bible and start working your way backwards, and you'll be able to get to Hebrews relatively quickly. You'll remember that Hebrews, as we've talked about the last several weeks, we don't know for sure who wrote Hebrews, but it appears as though Hebrews was a sermon written by a pretty good preacher to a group of people who needed to be encouraged to continue to pursue Jesus during hard days. kind of fits particularly with our current situation today as a group of people who are being urged to follow Jesus during less than ideal days. If you have your Bible, read along with me. If you'd like here in the parking lot, you can stand. The Bible says this, Therefore, we must pay attention... Or excuse me, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to his will. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us and thank you for sending Jesus to die as the very absolute better and best way for us to be welcomed into your kingdom, Lord God. I pray today that we would be urged and encouraged through your word to love you more, to trust you more, Lord God, and to follow you with a greater commitment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today is Mother's Day. I don't want to neglect to acknowledge all the moms. As a matter of fact, moms, we cared so much about you that we've done something very special for you today. We created this very special uh, casual outdoor Sunday, mom, so that none of you would have to worry about bathing your children or having them put on fancy clothes. They were able to just roll out of bed and come straight here. And moms, you're welcome on this Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day for not having to get your children dressed. If you've not told your mom Happy Mother's Day, make sure you do that today. 
But here on this Mother's Day, I believe that the book of Hebrews gives us some pretty good encouragement as, uh, as, as not only as individuals, but even as parents, teachers, and leaders, a reminder that we have a responsibility not only to pay attention to ourselves, but even to pay attention to what we teach and model to others. And so this morning, I want to ask you this question. Are you paying attention? Are you paying careful attention to the commitments that God has called upon you to have? Are you paying careful attention to God's Word and the things in God's Word that He's called you to obey? As we continue in the book of Hebrews, I believe that the book, the writer of Hebrews wants us to stand up and to listen very carefully and very closely, not just to listen, but to make sure that we do what He says. Now, as, as we've seen already in the book of Hebrews, the writer here wants to remind his readers that, uh, that the Hebrews, and, and by, by the Hebrews, I don't just mean the people to whom this book was written, but the ancient Hebrews, all those who, who worshipped God through the Jewish religion prior to the coming of Christ, they gave a special acknowledgement to the role of angels. And so uh, here in this, you're going to see there in, 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 in verses 1, and, or especially 2 and 3, where he says, really it was to the angels, if, if everything they said came true, if all of the truths that were imparted to God's leaders through his intermediaries, through his messengers, through angels, prior to the coming of Christ, he says, how much more should we be obedient to the commands of Jesus that have come directly from the very Son of God? Think of it this way, if it was such a big deal when the angels spoke, how much more when God has come in the flesh and spoken not through an intermediary, but spoken to us in his very person. This is a reminder that we get in John 1, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But he goes on to say that the Word didn't stay away, transcendent, as a God far off, but instead that He came down and took up residence among us and tabernacled among us. No longer was God speaking through priests and prophets, but instead the ultimate priest, prophet, and king, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, has come down and dwelt among us and has clearly and directly communicated God's will with us, to us, and for us. And with that in mind, we come to Hebrews chapter 2 and this reminder that we must pay attention to what God has said. And so with that in mind this morning, I think that there are three things that I want to urge you. And this morning, a little bit different than normal. These are negative commands that I think that we want to grab from God's Word. In other words, rather than just what we should do, I want us to focus first on three things that we must not do. Why is it important for us to think about what we don't do as, opposed, as well as what we do do? Just understand, folks, there's got to be law to keep us away from the danger, but also the grace of God. Yesterday, we, uh, we went for the first time since all this started. We saw my parents. Uh, we saw Angela's mom this weekend as well. And that was, that was such a, a great blessing for us. But down from my parents' house, there's a, there's a, little, a little walking trail that a church has, has built. They've got a park across from the church. They've got that little walking path. And uh, I took the dog and went for a run yesterday. And as you run around that, it's a, it's a, it's a third of a mile, the entire loop. And as you go around one way, you've got the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. All ten as you walk around. But if you turn and you go the other way, we get the Beatitudes. 
We get, we get the positive commands of Jesus and the grace of God there. We see the do not and the do. This morning, I want us to begin with the do not before we get into those things that we must make sure that we do. So the first thing that the writer of Hebrews says to us is, do not ignore your, your responsibilities. Pay attention, he says. The primary onus here is on personal responsibility, but I believe it extrapolates out to our responsibilities as adults as well. The wind keeps blowing my Bible shut, and I can't stay on my page. But there in Hebrews 2, 1, he says, Therefore we must pay close attention to what we have heard. Folks, before we can pay close attention, we've got to make sure that we do not ignore our responsibilities. Do not ignore the responsibilities that we have. We must pay attention. We've got a responsibility to cling to what we've heard, but not just for our sakes, but for the sake of others. Here on this Mother's Day, it's imperative that we all remember our responsibilities. Here on Mother's Day, we can also take a few minutes to acknowledge that people do actually ignore what others say. Moms, can I hear an amen? Some of you are lying because you didn't amen. You act like you have perfect children. You don't. They ignore you. Or maybe, moms, you just ignore me as I was talking this morning. I'm not sure. But look, moms, parents, we all understand, don't we? We know what it is to be ignored. We don't, we don't like it, we don't believe it's right, but we all know what it's like to speak and speak and speak. And then what do we say? Are you listening to me? Do you ever ask this question, do you hear me? No, you don't ask that question because they're all in the same house. You know they hear you. The question is, are you listening to me? Or are you neglecting your responsibility? Parents, we understand this frustration, but we've got to admit that we often hear God's word and we do not obey. It isn't because we don't know, but because we didn't want to. Now, hearing is important in this context. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now, there, there in Romans, hearing is not simply being in the presence of the statement, but actually hearing from God and being changed. You understand? There's a difference between simply being in the presence of something being said and actually tuning in and listening to what was said. Yesterday, I was watching a movie with my kids. Um, no, excuse me, uh, day before you. What day is it? I can't keep up with anything these days. How many of you have to look at your phones in the mornings to even know what day it is? They all look the same. Everybody, right? And forget about a calendar, because unless you're marking them off, there's nothing to mark one day as different. From the... I'm so glad for Sundays, because at least I know what day it is most of the time. This morning, I rolled out of bed, and I couldn't remember for sure, so I checked my phone, and that's the truth, and then I got dressed. But uh, the other night, we were at my parents' house. I was watching a movie with the kids, and, and Angela and my mom were speaking to me. Now, in their house, if you can imagine, they've got uh, a, a kitchen and, and a, like a bar right here, um, you know, countertop area. And then on the other side, there's, there's a large room uh, with couch and TV and all that other stuff. And so I'm cuddled up, being a great dad with my daughter. And uh, there we are, just enjoying the time. And, and apparently, in the midst of all of that, my mother and my wife were speaking to me. I didn't know that until I heard Angela say these words. He's not listening. He hasn't heard a word that you said. And I thought that was kind of mean, just to be totally honest. 
You know, it wasn't that I was ignoring them. It was simply that I was paying attention to my children. That's the way I like to view this. I was just being a great dad. I'm so glad I could hear y'all's laughs there. And then there's some baby crying, acknowledging the hypocrisy of everything I'm saying. Um, but, you know, in that, in that moment, I, I was in the presence of words being said. But I didn't hear it. Let's acknowledge that there's a difference between being in the room when somebody's talking and actually listening, hearing what has been said. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by or through the word of Christ. Folks, are you listening for God to speak? Not just are you generally in the vicinity of where God speaks. There's a lot of people today that fall under the hearing of God's word right here in the community of Malvern Hill Baptist Church. If we tune in and listen very carefully, you can hear not only me preaching, but we can probably hear David Snodgrass preaching right across the way. We can probably hear the Nazarene Church's worship service. People across this community are falling under the hearing of the Word of God. But folks, are they listening to the Word of God? Are you listening to the Word? Are you listening for the Word? Some of you never hear God speak. But you don't hear God speak because you either do not go into the places where God is speaking or you do not listen when you're there. Folks, do you read God's Word regularly? Do you find yourself running to God's Word and reading it? And when you go there, do you expect God to speak to you? Do you expect something powerful to happen when you read this Word? Do you worship regularly? Folks, when you show up at worship, do you expect God to meet you there? Do you expect that when you show up for worship that God may actually have a Word for you that will change your life? Some of you don't hear from the Lord, and it's not because the Lord isn't speaking. Some of you don't hear from the Lord because you simply never open your ears to hear what it is that God may be saying. Like Craig Thompson sitting on a couch engrossed in a movie, somebody's speaking, but you're paying attention to something else that's going on in the world around you. This morning, let me urge you, open your ears and pay attention. God wants to speak to you today. God loves you, and He has a message do not ignore him. Do not neglect your responsibility. Pay attention to what God says. We have a responsibility to hear the truths of God. And folks, he stands ready to give them to you. Will you listen today? So do not neglect your responsibility. Secondly, this morning, do not drift from the gospel. Why does the author here speak of drifting and not turning? The reason is because very few people make a decision in, in the blink of an eye and say, today I am going to reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. Very few people who walk away from the church just walk in one Sunday and go, forget all this, I'm going to go become a pagan today. Instead, it comes through a slow fade, a slow drift away. Have you ever been in a boat? Many times this has happened to me. You're in a boat. And uh, maybe you get, you, you get engrossed in something else. You might be tying a lure on. Uh, you, you might be trying to, to get a tangle out of your line. Uh, one of my favorite things, you might actually just be not fishing and trying to find a snack. And uh, the next thing you know, you're not paying attention to anything that's going on around you. You're not running a motor. You're not moving an oar. But the next thing you know, there's a bush that hits you in the face. 
Well, that bush didn't just run out into the water and hit you. Instead, you drifted over against the bank. And the next thing you know, you look around and you're all tangled up in a mess. Well, you're all tangled up in a mess. Why? Well, you're all tangled up in a mess because you've been carried along by the wind and by the current of the water around you. There's no motor or paddle dragging you into the bushes. The wind and the currents, they just push you along. And before you know it, there you are. The same thing's true in our spiritual lives. Very few people decide to walk away from Jesus today. Instead, they're carried along by the winds and currents of culture and a busyness of life, but slowly and surely they begin to drift away from the gospel. I had been pastor here. I think Carl's here. The Cambites are here. Carl's right there. I'd been pastor here for uh, three or four years. And uh, Carl and I went up to the the hospital here in town to visit somebody. I don't know if you remember this. We rode the elevator up, and as we went up, there was somebody that rode the elevator with us, and this person appeared to really be in, uh, in, in a bad place emotionally. We began to have a conversation with them. They said they had a loved one there in the hospital. I said, well, listen, would it be okay if we came and prayed with you and prayed over your loved one? They said, I would, I would love that. And so we got off the elevator, and they directed us to the room, and we walked in together, and, and, and uh, I introduced myself. I said, I'm Craig Thompson. I'm the pastor at Malvern Hill Baptist Church. And a woman there by the bedside, she said, well, that's my church. I said, it is. I said, Malvern Hill? She said, yes. She said, you must be the new pastor. Now listen, I know that at one time here, it was normal for y'all to lose somebody every two and a half to three years. So maybe she thought that she just missed one of the rotations. I don't know. But I looked at her and I said, she said, you must be the new pastor. I said, no, uh, I've been here for, for three years. And I'll never forget the look on her face, just shock. She said, three years, are you sure? And Carl's beside me, he said, yeah. She said, I can't believe it's been that long. I can't believe it's been that long. You know, she didn't just make a decision one day to not go back to church. She didn't make a decision one day to neglect the gospel. Just life got a little bit busy. And a little bit busier and a little bit busier. And little by little and slowly, the cares of life sort of drug her away from her first love, her first commitment. Well, folks, that drift is not just a drift away from the gathering of God's people. That drift can be away from the truths of God's Word. Do you know how easily we can drift away from a commitment to the gospel? And we can trade the gospel, that commitment to the gospel, for a lot of other things. I want you to consider that the gospel is not just an idea. The gospel is not just your experience. The gospel is not just a sincere belief. The gospel is not just one way among many to get to God. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. It's a historical event with a spiritual component and the hope of life built in. It is the hope For all of mankind. And folks, if we're not careful, we can allow so many other things to sort of drift or draw us and push us away from a commitment to this as the only truth and hope for salvation. That's why the writer of the Hebrews says, don't drift from the gospel. 
Because he knows. He knew even 2,000 years ago that there was this danger. Not that we would just decide today that we were going to stop believing in Jesus, but instead that we would allow all sorts of other things to sort of filter in. And before we knew it, we wouldn't even know where the gospel was because we had drifted so far away. Folks, do not drift from the gospel Do you know that clinging to the gospel is not always easy? Clinging to the gospel requires effort. Effort to swim against the current and fight against the winds of culture. Clinging to the gospel often requires us to even fight against our own hearts and sinful inclinations. But clinging to the gospel means clinging to the truth, the written word of the gospel, and absolutely nothing else. When I was a teenager, uh, we, we took a... Uh, a rafting trip with our church, nothing, uh, nothing too exciting or, or powerful. We went down the Natahala, and you know, if you've ever rafted down the Natahala, there's only one decent rapid on the whole river, and it's right there at the very end. And if you're in a raft, you get in it, and they give you one instruction. When you get to the end, stay to the left. That's the only thing you have to do, and as long as you stay to the left, everything will be just fine. Well, my brothers and my dad and probably some other people were in this boat. I don't remember. I just know that my dad and my brothers and I were in this boat. We had jumped in and out of boats the whole way, so it's possible that we were the only three left. I really don't remember. But here we go, and we're aiming, and some other boat hit us as we're trying to go down this this rapid. And when that other boat hit us, it turned us sideways. Now, again, they give you two instructions. Stay to the left and don't get sideways. Folks, we were sideways and to the right. We were doing everything we weren't supposed to be doing. And when we hit that rapid sideways in the place we weren't supposed to hit it, our boat filled up with water, it tipped, and everybody fell out. Well, everybody except me and one of my brothers. But I caught my other brother. This is the commitment I have to my brothers. I love him, and I caught him. And I was fighting against the current and the waves and the rip of the water. And I was trying to get him into the boat. And he was kicking and fighting me. And I was getting mad because I'm trying to save him. And he just wouldn't. And I finally just let him go. And we finally got leveled out and, and we got each other and pulled him back in. I said, man, why'd you kick me? He said, you were holding me by the ankles and my head was bouncing off the bottom. In retrospect, that was kind of fun. But y'all, I want you to know that that there's going to come a point in time when for us to cling to the gospel, we're going to have to kick and fight against the current of our world. Right? We're going to have to kick and we're going to have to fight because the current of culture and the current of world... And look, even the current of our sinful hearts will drag us away from the truths of the gospel. We'll begin to believe there's got to be more when the truth is there's nothing but Jesus and He's enough. Don't drift from the gospel. And then this morning, do not neglect your salvation. Finally, we really get to the invitation aspect of this theological conversation. Doctrine demands a response. Always, any time truths about God's Word are spoken, a response is required. Will you hear God's word and be changed by it, or will you reject it? You see, that's the question we all wrestle with. God's word always elicits a response. You will either choose to be changed, or you will choose to reject 
the urging and the encouragement, even the reprimand of God's Word. The writer to the Hebrews urges us, do not neglect your salvation. It's not enough to teach your kids. It's not enough to bring them to church. It's not even enough to affirm the truth of the gospel. You ready for this? You have to accept the gospel yourself. You have to accept it. You can't neglect the gospel. You can't neglect your salvation. You have to accept it for yourself. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. But what is it that we do once we've heard that word of Christ? That we call on the name of the Lord and that we are saved. The writer of the Hebrews, he goes on and he says, Look, if there were punishments, if there were results and negative results that came about for those who neglected the command of angels, how much more for those who neglect the salvation that has been bought by the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. If God in the flesh has come and has bled and died for you, how much more shall we be disciplined if we refuse to listen? It's not enough that you just show up. Guess what? You've got to accept it. But parents, I want you to listen. Moms, it's Mother's Day. I want you to listen to this. Here on Mother's Day, let me remind you that you have to urge your children to accept the truth of the gospel. Moms, that it's not enough just to take them and throw them out at church and to drop them off. We've got to teach them the gospel. We've got to urge them to accept the truths of the gospel, to obey. We've got to communicate with our children, whether they be 4 or 14 or 24, that being taken to Sunday school when they were 6 years old is not sufficient for a grown-up faith. A faith that saves is a faith that stays. And we should be wary and concerned if we've got 24, 34, 44, 54-year-old children who are not following the Lord Jesus Christ. Parents, don't take solace in the fact that your children were in the church unless they are staying in the church. Jesus urges us, the writer to the Hebrews her urges us right here, not just to hear the gospel, to be changed by the gospel and not neglect our salvation. Parents, we've got to urge them to love the Lord, to be challenged and changed. How shall we escape from God's wrath if we've heard the gospel and been taught the gospel and yet have rejected the gospel? Pay attention. The Bible is not merely a textbook. The Bible is hope and life. This book is the living and active Word of God. In this book, you can discover how it is that you can be made right with God. But y'all, you can only be made right with God when you accept His offer of salvation and forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Pay attention. As we conclude this morning, last night I was in the truck with Aubrey, and we listened to part of a sermon on the radio from the book of Job. Now, the pastor building off of our current crisis urged his listeners not just to shelter in place, but instead to shelter in grace. And I was so jealous that I didn't come up with that phrase myself. But I mean, the sermon was good. Aubrey looked at me. She said, he's pretty good. I didn't take it personal. I just kept driving. Be urged, shelter in grace. Shelter or hide 
In the grace and the mercy of God, I thought of Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He is our safe place. In the book of Job, chapter 9, Job's friends have accused him of wrongdoing. It was easy enough for them to do so. Job's friends reasoned this way. God blesses those who are righteous. That was their first premise. Job has been cursed. That was their second premise. Therefore, according to their logic, Job must not be righteous because he's been cursed. Interestingly, when you get to Job 9, Job doesn't really build too strong of an argument. Instead, what Job says is, you know what? You're pretty much right. God is righteous. He says, and if I wanted to approach him, what hope would I have? I'm a pretty good guy as far as men go. We're going to see that God's even going to say that about him later. He says, I'm a pretty good guy as far as men go. But he says, when it comes to God, I have no standing. Because he's way up there and I'm somewhere down here. But then we get to Job chapter 9, verse 33. And he says this, he says, there is no arbiter. I believe in the King James says, oh, but were that there were an arbiter between us who might lay his hand on us both. This is Job's realization of God's righteousness in his own personal need. Job is crying out for a mediator. Job is crying out for a savior. Job needs Jesus. In the midst of his pain and his struggle, Job is looking for a safe place where he can hide. Job wants to shelter, not in his own good deeds. Job wants to shelter in the grace of God. The gospel is the answer to Job's needs. Job was crying out for Jesus. The gospel is the answer to your needs. Pay attention, is what the writer of the Hebrews says. There's no other way. But it wasn't as though the writer of the Hebrews was the first one to ever say it. All the way back in Job chapter 9, Job says, Give me hope. Give me somebody that can stand between me and a holy God and make peace between us. And folks, I'm here to tell you today that this gospel that we are told not to drift from and this salvation that we must not neglect, it is the hope that Job longed for. It's the hope that's been realized in the person of Jesus Christ. And it is the hope that you and I have today. There is no other hope. But there is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in the gospel of Jesus, there is life and liberty. Pay attention today and find hope and peace. Pay attention today. Find your shelter in God's grace and live. There's hope. Will you trust in the Lord today? The writer of the Hebrews says, do not neglect this salvation. Do not drift from the gospel. Folks, can I urge you today to turn from those, those negative commands that I've offered to you today, instead to one positive one. Pay attention. Pay attention to God's Word. Pay attention to your own life and pay attention to the hope that is found in Jesus. Pay attention to the opportunity that you have. Not only an opportunity in this life, but an opportunity in the life to come. 
an opportunity to be saved from your sin, to be made right with God, an opportunity to be set free. Will you shelter in the grace and the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ today? Let me pray with us. Father God, I pray that your hope would come alive in our hearts. Father God, that we would set our hope on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That, Father God, that we would come to realize that the mediator for whom Job hoped is none other than the person of Jesus Christ. That, Father, we wouldn't neglect so great a salvation, but instead, that, Father, we would give our hearts fully to you. That we would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins and we'd be saved. That, Lord God, you would rescue us from the pit of our despair and our sin and our self-destruction. And Lord God, plant our feet firmly on the rock that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. In whose name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing this morning. And as we do, let me urge you. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, today can be the day of your salvation. It doesn't matter if you're at home or if you're in this parking lot. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. The blood of Jesus is enough to set you free. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is powerful enough to free you from the chains that hold you. So today, would you give your life to Jesus Christ? We're not going to give an invitation where you can come up here and lay hands on you. But I'm going to tell you what, we'd love to pray for you today. I'd love to. Would you send me an email today if you'd like to know what it is to be saved? If you've got my, my number, will you send me a text message today say, Pastor Craig, I'd like to know. How it is that I can be set free to walk with Jesus. Maybe there's just somebody that you know that's a sold out follower of Jesus Christ. And that person is the person you could reach out to today and say, I've been listening to a sermon online. Or I've been in a parking lot hearing a guy preach from a trailer. And I need to be saved. This world is crazy and upside down. I've sheltered in place, but I need to shelter in grace. I want to stop neglecting this great salvation. I've drifted far from the hope of Jesus. And today, I want Jesus Christ to pull me out of the drift, out of the current, and to set me on the solid rock that's Jesus Christ. If that's you today, don't let today pass without giving your life to Jesus Christ. Sing with us today.